Hey, everybody. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Zach. And this is Stuart. And uh, we are recording remotely, so there may be a little bit of lag between our responses. <laughs> yeah, and we may sound a little bit different, but this is what you have to do in this day and age. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're trying to maintain uh, a recording schedule. Um, we hope everyone is staying safe and social distancing and quarantining themselves as yeah, necessary. And staying healthy and everything. Uh, because this, you know, when this goes up in a couple weeks, we'll probably still be going through it. But we hope everyone is uh, staying safe out there. Yeah, but we definitely want to continue this, um, especially now that everybody has some free time. So... People yeah, I don't know if you've noticed, there's a, a lot of podcasts I follow that have been releasing their backlog stuff that's like patron only, and they're like, here, here's like 10 episodes, because everyone's just sitting around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of people have been doing that. I know that there's been a lot of movies that um, are like available for digital streaming and stuff like that. Yeah, like ones that just came out, too, yeah, like, like, uh, like Emma, Bloodshot. And... Um, Frozen yeah. 2, I think, is already streaming on Disney+. Yeah. Plus. and uh, Birds of Prey. Yeah, yeah. They just got to recoup their money somehow. But um, uh, I guess enough about that. Um, so our topic for today is Settlers of Catan, the yeah. board game. Or Settlers of Catan, however you pronounce or it. Or Settlers of Catan, however you pronounce it. Or Building Long Roads and Screwing Over Your Friends with the Robber. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or, or <laughs> Trades. There's always the trades and stuff like that. Um, I, I don't know. know. No one ever trades with me when we play. Everyone always just, just like, no, we'll keep Zach from getting any more sheep. <laughs> well, I mean, it all kind of depends on your placement and stuff like that. I know that yeah. we're doing social distancing. You can't see what I'm wearing, Zach, but I am wearing a sheep costume. So I've got the wool oh, good. and everything along those lines. You know, a uh, anamorphic sheep. So oh okay um yeah. well i mean i'm wearing uh, all. all black well no I'm, I'm wearing all black so i guess i'm the robber because oh, okay. <laughs> the robber is a little gray well i guess it's gray i don't know i just found out that i'm uh apparently colorblind of some flavor uh oh, really? a couple days ago I didn't know that. yeah like i had suspicions all along but i downloaded the uh the call of duty warzone game hmm. And there's a colorblind setting on there, and I just clicked through them because there's a few different options. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, apparently I'm colorblind of some variety. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's plenty of tests out there, the um, tests that have, like, the little dots with colors and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of resources to figure out exactly what colorblind, like, Yeah, I are. am apparently deuteranopic. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. learning about yourself as you grow up exactly yeah. <laughs> in my mid 30s <laughs> I mean, so um you're never too old to learn yeah exactly about yourself um, about the world yeah yeah I, I think everyone's learning a lot about themselves this at this time yeah. just being cooped up <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it, anyway back to the game um while Yes, uh, we should all be so social distancing. Um, I do know that Steam has a version of this uh, as a digital board game. And I think Humble Bundle has a digital tabletop bundle going. Nice. Uh, just started like yesterday, I think. Yeah, I know um, there's a tabletop simulator that has an add-on for this particular game. Yeah. I know with yeah, social, or social distancing, a lot of people have been digitally playing games. Um recently uh a group 
our group of friends ended up yeah. playing some games, which was a lot of fun. It's a good oh, way yeah. to like stay connected and um, basically not go crazy from cabin fever. Exactly. <laughs> mm. um, so yeah, I, I guess um, to start at the, the the beginning of Catan or Catan, however you say it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what year Klaus Tuber uh, designed this game and released it? Um, in the eighties. Uh, no, no. I mean, still, it's still pretty old. It's 1995. Oh, okay. Um, which is actually older than I thought because my first exposure to it was in like the late 2000s. No, oh, I know that this has been a popular game. Um, I had seen like, whenever we went to like Dragon Con and stuff like that, they would always yeah. have tournaments. This is a, a game where it's like heavily, um, there's a big tournament scene which is kind yeah of interesting because there's a lot of luck that kind of goes in here and then like social interaction so i never really got it as a tournament game but a lot of people play it like with tournament rules and stuff like that yeah yeah i mean well and, and it's uh you know one of the first uh, german style board games to actually get popular outside of europe mm-hmm. um which uh, German style board games is kind of used for for people who don't know. Uh, German style board games is kind of used as an alternate word for Euro games and vice versa. Um, Euro games uh, downplay luck and conflict, and they're more focused on what would you say, uh, like strategy, like you were saying earlier. Yeah, so it's sort of like strategy and resource management. Um, yeah is what i think of like euro games and stuff like that so there's a lot of like space management and resource management yeah um where you know you're just trying to accumulate uh things and stuff be it like sheep or be it you know railroad pieces and stuff like that so yeah ticket to rides another example of Mm -hmm. of a uh, euro game and then obviously american games the reverse is true so there's a really high luck rate (laughs) yeah like candy (laughs) land yeah well i mean uh, i wouldn't actually call that like i mean no i would yeah it is an american board game but yeah (laughs) but yeah i mean with um sellers of Catan, i was kind of surprised like how much luck there is in this game um, because yeah especially with the dice rolling yeah well i mean the dice rolling is really the main mechanic of the game exactly yeah so there's two big mechanics in this game where it's dice rolling and then it's um i guess trading and then the minor mechanics are sort of like placement and um like resource uh allotment yeah exactly um yeah because basically the way this works is um and which by the way they uh i came across my research uh it is no longer called settlers of Catan. Hmm. it is just called Catan um because they have so many different expansions yeah um but basically the rules like you were saying is uh the players are all colonizing Catan. um Catan's this, this island that's built uh and then uh tiles for the island are kind of bid out randomly for people to start um, in 2016, they have a, a fixed standard setup. Yep, which is um, used for the tournament um, play. Right, right. Uh, and then each tile has a resource that it produces, uh, except for a desert where there's a robber. Um, 
and the um, each tile has a number on it, um, yeah. from three to twelve, and you roll two dice each turn, and the f- number on the two dice is the resource that gets produced. Right. And if you have a village on that particular tile, because all the tiles are hex shaped, you get that particular resource. Now, you need those resources to build roads, to build cities, to build villages, and to collect certain cards. And the objective of the game is to get 10 victory points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, as I've alluded before, robber piece can be used to keep a tile from producing resources. Um, and then players move it when they roll a 7. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, when you place <clears throat> down the robber... You end up taking one of the resource cards from a village that is occupying that particular um, hex, right? Um, face down, so you don't know which one you're, you know, choosing. And when the robber moves, I believe if you have more than seven or eight resource cards in hand, you have to discard half of them, which. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's okay because it's been a while since I've played. Yeah, it, it'll stop you stop you from stockpiling. I yep. guess. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it incentivizes people to spend their resources because um, I think some people have explosive turns where if they have like nine or ten resource cards, then you know they end up building like two roads and then a village and maybe a city or something along those lines. So that rule is kind of to incentivize people to use their resources. Right, right. Because, um, um, again, it is a... Um, and Euro games are kind of known for this, where you know who's winning and who's losing. Like, you can kind of... None of the victory points are secret. Um right. You can, you know, kind of count it up and see who's in first and everything along those lines. Where some, um, I guess, American games and stuff like that keep the uh, victory points or the way that you score hidden. So you don't know who's actually going to win the game until the game is over. Right, right. Similar to, what what would an, an example of that be? Like maybe a war game or? Yeah, either a war game or I was thinking of like Sushi Go. Um, it's that um, sort of party game where you're drafting different sushi. And uh, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And at the uh, very end, because I think you draft like three times, then you add up all the points and everything like that. So Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, well, so what, um, so what, what are your, some of your experiences with this game? Like, how, how do you feel? Because this was a topic you chose from a while back. Yeah. Um, so what, what I guess, persuaded you to to bring this as a topic? Um, well, I I'm feel assuming like, you've had positive. Yes. So yeah. um, I feel like this is sort of like a classic board game. Um, yeah. When you kind of get into the board game, um, I guess, hobby, uh, mm-hmm. This is usually one of the first games that you pick up because it is a classic. It's been around yeah. for quite a while. Um, it's kind of got that whole like Monopoly feel going for it where like Monopoly has a bunch of reskins. 
you can get like whatever sellers that fits your like your interests. So I know that there's like a Star Trek sellers, there's a um, yeah. Game of Thrones sellers, there's all sorts of different sellers. Well, and like Monopoly, um, the the setup time and the play time is not too terribly long. Like uh, the the standard setup that they recommend is eight minutes, mm-hmm. and then there's a two hour play time. Um, that's a lot like Monopoly if you follow the Monopoly rules as written. <laughs> yeah, usually Monopoly's a lot longer for me than. Well, yeah, and that it, it is for me too. But there was a uh, there's a documentary on um Mono- uh, the Monopoly tournament. Mm-hmm. And the point they make is, yeah, no Monopoly game should last longer than around two hours if you follow the rules exactly as written. Yeah, like, but like I feel you're like not supposed so to pay. Many out people of the... have like house rules for Monopoly. Um, yeah, it's like and, Uno. Yeah, I know. Whenever <laughs> I sit down for Monopoly, which is actually far and um, infrequent, um, you always have to like explain the rules and like oh these are house rules and stuff like that because everybody kind of has different interpretation of the rules um but with sellers like the rules are pretty much uh set there are no sort of like house rules or anything like that though i know some of the reskin of um sellers does have like new rules just to keep things a little bit more spicier but yeah I definitely think we should stick with like the main game because again, it's kind of interesting to me. I didn't know that they had such a big um, tournament scene. Um, Yeah. See, I have no idea. or I had no idea that there was a tournament scene because I, I honestly don't think that this would be a game that's tournament worthy, but I mean, I guess it is if Monopoly is like now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the thing is, um, it is a smaller game. I believe it supports up to four people uh, without any of the expansions. Like there's right. other expansions and stuff that make the you know island bigger, put some yeah. ports. Because um, yeah, you can you can play with up to what like isn't there a sixth player expansion? Yeah, there's like a bunch of expansions and things like that. Um, The interesting thing, too, is there is no combat in this game. Um, You are not like amassing a force to attack your um, other players. Uh, The big, I guess, two things or two um, social interactions that you have with other players while playing the game is, again, space resource and um just resource cards so one of the things is you're trying to build roads and that's how you can build additional um villages right and you cannot have two roads on the same uh like tile edge tile edge yeah so you're definitely trying to expand but make sure that you're not um running into anybody or anything like that so i think it's a nice like four people is a manageable amount of people to gather up in one you know uh one evening again it's not too long if everybody knows the rules and everything like that you can play it in two hours so i feel like this is a really good beginning game for getting into the game's hobby 
Yeah, it's something beyond the scope of of you know your your Parker Brothers, Milton Bradley type type games mm-hmm. that, that most people used to associate with board games. Like Euro games are really what what I think drove that board game craze. Yeah, and I think that the board game craze is still happening at the moment. Um, there's oh, definitely sure, sure. a renaissance, um, I guess, era among board games just because there's so many different and unique board games that are coming out and just look at kickstarter there are probably a lot of kickstarter like board games and stuff that are doing great i know that there's quite a few that have come out recently like cthulhu wars there's a batman game oh i did see cthulhu wars yeah and the the animated series game yeah i really wanted to donate to it but yeah (laughs) the window closed (laughs) um but yeah so i feel like this is a good game to sort of like get people's feet wet into this sort of hobby and everything like that and really this game is quite accessible um i'm pretty sure even like Target and Walmart um, have this game in like their game section and everything like that. So you don't have yeah. to go to a particular like hobby store or something along those lines to pick up this game. Um, it's something easily accessible. The rules yeah. aren't that difficult. Um, and although then, mm-hmm. the uh, the lefty in me does want to point out, don't get it at Walmart or Target. Try to find a local game store. Of course, to get of course. it from because they 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 do need the money a little bit more um yeah but but yeah you're right like like target and walmart is because like, it goes back to this being a good place to get your feet wet in in a uh confusing world i guess yeah <laughs> uh the confusing world of of uh esoteric board games yeah because like some games that you purchase like the manual for the game is like 10 pages and it's kind of daunting and yeah. as the person who sort of picked up the game you want to be able to explain the game in one sitting with your friends if you're confused like learning the game your friends are going to be even more confused when you're trying to teach them i feel like sellers has a very straightforward manual it's something that you can easily read i believe it's like three or four pages long yeah, and I think one of those might might even be ad space for like the other expansions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's not a very deep rule book. Yeah, and um, again, like we're just mainly talking about the main game because there are quite a few oh, expansions yeah. and everything like that. So it's something that you can easily pick up and just kind of play in an evening with some friends, and you could even play it just one on one. I definitely think that to get the most bang out of your buck it's a great four-player game it's even yeah like it's really better decent, for four yeah it's a decent like three-player game but i would not recommend sort of like a one-on-one type of a deal i really do think that it shines when you have four people and you know finding three other people isn't super difficult at least I mean, talking from personal experience, but I yeah, don't know. it's usually not not difficult to get that many people who are at least that they'd be willing to give it a try. Whereas, you know, like I have because I'm a sucker for licensed IP properties, uh, the the Witcher adventure game and who you are uh, has a different result on dice that you roll 
for the symbols on the die and each person has three different ways that they like something like that that's so complicated is not something you can take home during the holidays to your family and play like Catan is like you you can set that up in minutes explain the rules and then you know have a two-hour game yeah and even with like the original version it's it's not like an ip where if you do bring it over to like a family meal or something like that your you know brother or sister dad mother whoever isn't looking at cards and like who's this character or like i don't understand this (laughs) reference it's very you know simple all the resources are things that you can identify i believe the resources are bricks rocks wood mud no mud's brick um sheep and wheat so there's five resources and um you know it's also a social game so you're going to be talking with people. You're going to be interacting with people. I think probably the biggest down, or not downside, but like maybe the biggest weakness of this game is when it's not your turn and you're not like negotiating with somebody. Yeah. Um, it can get a little boring. Like, because you Especially can... with more players, because that time is going to get dragged out. And there's no, like, time limit on the trading. No. So you can have people haggling for 10, 15 minutes on what's, yeah. you know, these three sheep are worth these two bricks, or, yeah. or vice versa. And yeah. the thing is, um, only the active player can trade. So yeah. it's not like if uh, I was playing a game with Zach, and somebody else's churn was happening... Me and Zach couldn't be like wheeling and dealing uh, yeah. on that other person's turn. The right. only person who can make a trade is the active person. So exactly. So when it's not your turn and you're not being, you know, kind of dealt with, it can get a little boring. Um, you can like kind of try to plan out your moves, like chess. You know, try to be like three moves ahead, but you're not always going to be a hundred percent sure what everybody's going to do and again yeah. like the robber is kind of the wild card so you might have like some sort of master plan and then just get screwed over by you know somebody rolling seven or something along those lines and again seven is the most common uh number rolled on you know two six two D six yeah so that does come up often and oh, it's yeah. interesting because like with the board setup Again, you know, there's a standard setup and then you can sort of set it up yourself. But with the um, standard setup, um, it's interesting to sort of see their layout because there are numbers like 12 and 2 that very rarely come up. So there's a strategy of like, where do you set up your villages? Do you set them up where the higher numbers are more likely to be rolled but you might need a particular resource and that resource may be sitting on a number that doesn't commonly you know show up on a roll of 2d6 yeah Yeah. like three or (laughs) or two yeah or something yeah or two or something like that yeah like it's yeah the 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 curve of probability goes up dramatically Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and then there are resource cards which you can purchase. They um, don't have any 
intrinsic value. Um, well, some of them do. Um, some of them are like a library where you get one victory point and stuff like that. But most of them are like army cards. And again, like you're not amassing an army. The only thing that you do is when you play the army card, you get to move the robber and basically activate the robber like you rolled a seven. But you do get victory points for having like the most army cards played. So there are two, um, I guess, victory points that can sort of move around the table. And one of those is whoever has the most army cards played, the largest army, um, which gives you two points. And then whoever has the longest road, which I believe also gives you two points. So those are victory points that kind of move around the table and everything like that, which does give this game a little bit more oomph because, again, you're not 100% sure who's going to have that or who's, you know, um, could take that away from you. Maybe you have nine points and you have the two victory points from the longest road, but then another player makes the longest road and they get those two victory points and now you're down to seven. So you were almost about to win, but now you're three victory points down. So that does keep the game a little bit interesting, which I enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, I've I've played this game uh, probably not as much as you, probably five or six times. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's always fun. Like, there's... There is some strategy to it, but there is enough luck that it's not, there's not a guaranteed route to take. Like, I, I wouldn't say that it's a solved game. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, there is a lot of luck to it. Um, yeah. And it also depends on the people that you're playing with. Because again, it is a social game where you are trading, you know, cards with people, trading resources with people. And you have to sort of like make deals with folks. So if right. you're playing with people who, I don't know, just want to be dicks just to be dicks, maybe they're <laughs> not the best people to play with this game. Just yeah. because you do kind of have to be open with that whole social interaction. But, um, but if you have some people who, you know, do enjoy playing games, do enjoy being social, do enjoy like, you know, um, being able to sort of be caught up in the theme, then yeah, I definitely recommend this game. I think it's a lot of fun. And I yeah. do think it's a like, it's a good family game when you're all together for like, the holidays or anything along those lines, you can bring out this game. It's a game that you can play with mom and dad or your sister or whomever and um have fun and you know not be bogged down by rules or by you know things that people might not get exactly yeah and um you know i, I know we've talked around kind of the the variants and scenarios and stuff but i i would like to mention like because you know there there are some based on pyramids or like managing the seed bank um stuff like that um i do have a version of this game uh that i picked up at a board game flea market type 
thing at like a convention yeah. called Settlers of the Stone Age. Oh, okay. Um, it's about evolution. Um, it's actually really super good. They they've mixed in some conflict into it, so it's more of like a like an Amero game mm-hmm. mashup. Um, but at certain victory point thresholds, you unlock different parts of the island. No, so cool. like you're racing to like learn how to build fire or build shelter or beer, build spears so you can gather meat and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And- so so there there are really cool variants and scenarios. I I know I prefer, I think, Settlers of the Stone Age to Settlers of Catan oh, okay. uh, or Catan. Um just just because of how well the theme they, they've they've taken the original product and worked it around a different theme. Yeah, I definitely. Um, I, I think recommend that... the original game first. No, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. I think because it's a little bit more streamlined, it's definitely been a little bit more tested than some of the um, expansions or twists on the game. But right. maybe if this is a game that you really enjoy, or maybe if you had like. A couple of friends that you ended up playing with who also really enjoyed it you can start doing research on like other variances and um definitely yeah. get like different flavors in there and maybe you'll find one that you really like like zach did with the um yeah and i will say like you said i the only reason i even picked up the variant that i like is because i had played settlers of Catan, like the original just base vanilla product um and and enough times to have gotten a feel for it mm-hmm. and and expanded from there so yeah like like stuart's saying definitely start with the original before you know maybe latching onto a property you like yeah <laughs> like star trek katan <laughs> yeah because again like those reskinned ones usually have some sort of variance that separate yeah. it from the um the original game like i played the game of thrones one and it had an ice wall where White Walkers were coming through. So you sort of had mm. to like manage resources and like you had to sort of have that social interaction with the other players, but you all were kind of like trying to defend the wall and everything like that. So it had like a variance. I know that the Star yeah. Trek has a variance as well. Um, with like space travel and everything like that so i definitely like even if you're a star or star trek fan i would recommend first getting the original game because the original game is going to be the simplest game it's going to be the more straightforward game to sort of just like test the waters but like if you do enjoy that then yeah start taking a look at other um variances of the game because they're all going to be different because they're going to add their like spin to it so it was probably not the best comparison to monopoly because like you know monopoly does have the reskins of like monopoly dog or yeah you know i think sports or something like that. i think that but it doesn't really change the game at all because it's still you're still playing Monopoly and you're still playing it by the same rules, but with yeah. like the reskins of Sellers, there's a variance to the rules. Yeah, and I was just saying, I Clue probably is a better uh, comparison 
to it uh, because like, you know, if with the uh, the Harry Potter clue and Game of Thrones clue and, and all, all of that, like there's a pretty fundamental shift in how the game is played. Yeah. Um, or like the D&D skinning of, of clue, which I had for a while, like there were magic items you could pick up and mm-hmm. and you could move rooms around and yeah. stuff like that. So, so yeah, like probably I, I, a more apt comparison than like Monopoly because yeah. Again, Monopoly doesn't change. It's just like, oh, instead of Park Place, it's Florida. It's Florida, or, or yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like, a, I don't know, <laughs> something. Well, so um, I did have one last thing to ask you about, because I saw sure. a footnote of it um, when I was looking up uh, about this game to kind of get some backstory. Mm-hmm. Did you know that there is a film and TV adaptation planned no. for this game? Oh, in the future? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, it's... Not... I don't know how they're going to do it. Like, they've casted people already. You can find it on IMDb. Oh. Well, um, yeah, like, I... it doesn't really have a <laughs> theme, because the theme is more of just, like, colonizing an island... Yeah. yeah, I could see it working as maybe a TV show, like in a fantasy. I guess like, they're probably just capitalizing world. on the name because it's it's interesting. Yeah. This game is very popular. Um, oh yeah, I'm pretty sure most of our audience will have either played this game or at least know of this game, right? Um, because I've known people who I wouldn't consider like avid board game people um like know this game when i bring it up or when i like bring it out to play they're like oh yeah i i know this game or like i've played this game before it's like okay yeah and the thing is i do have like the original game in my collection um it is occasionally a game that i bring out when we all want to play like board games and stuff like that um especially when i have a a smaller group of people who want to play um, I think it is a um, enjoyable game, even though um, it is kind of basic. Um, I do think that it's one of the games that I repeatedly do bring out and say, "Hey, yeah, are you guys interested?" And people are usually interested in it. Yeah, usually more people are interested than not. I would say. Yeah. Because it is a fun game. Yeah, and again, I think it's very accessible. Um, I will say that. It probably doesn't get brought out as much with my other board gaming friends just because um, it is basic, kind of. Um, it doesn't it doesn't offer all of the, like, I guess, sparkles and knobs to twist as some other games that are yeah. a little bit more complicated, uh, which is fine. Um, it's mainly a game that I bring out during the holidays with like family and I, it's usually well receptive. Yeah. And I mean, you know, if I'm going to someone's house for a game night, like if they were to present me with settlers of Catan or I don't know, a, a Euro game where you're making bets based on stock market fluctuations in the oil economy. Like I would much prefer settlers of Catan. Like the second one I'm sure is fun to some people, but mm, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like, like that just sounds way too complicated for what I want to do hanging out with friends. Yeah, you know? This, I mean, for Euro games, this is a very simple Euro game. Like a lot of yeah. Euro games are complicated and exactly. Um, 
yeah, this one's definitely a more accessible one. So, you know, I think this is a good kind of game to, again, introduce people into this hobby. And I do think that it is a classic. Um, it's definitely stand, you know, stood the test of time. And yeah, oh, yeah. I, I thought I thought it would be an interesting topic to uh, talk about. So, in your experience of playing the game, like, has there been any sort of memorable moments, or do you not even remember much of it? Or because you said you played it a couple of times. Yeah, I've only played it a handful of times. Um, I remember, I remember being at a game night at some at a uh, mutual friend's house, and there was Catan going in the room with which I was playing, uh, and I think we were using like the six player expansion, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a little bit larger, and there was another game going on in a different area of the house, and the other group got through like two other games because playing with six people like you said can can take a while <laughs> yeah yeah i definitely um, i just thought it was funny that that length of time um between a euro game versus a couple of like card games or deck building games or stuff like that oh nice yeah yeah um i remember uh for thanksgiving my family was all together and um this like my mom and dad aren't like super big game people but this was a game that you know was easy to access it was something that i was able to explain to them and um yeah they really had fun um and you know with us being like a family and everything like that um we were like i guess a little bit more open to trade and stuff like that which then kind of stymied the game yeah um because the game can definitely halt to a crawl if people are like very stingy with their trades and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um so i guess with us being more of a family we were more open and like willing to negotiate and everything like that um which it just was a very enjoyable experience and was something that you know i enjoy and i remember that or the previous year or not the previous year but the next year they asked me to bring the game and we ended up playing it again. So, so yeah, I, again, like it's a fun game. Um, it's not the mm-hmm. most challenging game. Um, it's definitely got a lot of luck in it. So if right. you're looking for a skill based game, maybe this isn't the best, but it's definitely a, a quick game that's easy to teach to your friends. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I give this game a thumbs up, uh, especially because it's a kind of an entry level um, into the board game community type type thing. So I definitely recommend it as well. Um, and I'm sure Stuart also gives it a thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, um, I recommend it. Um, again, I recommend it more if you have some people who, again, or new to the hobby and everything like that, or maybe right. you've got not as much time. Um, yeah, I definitely recommend it as like a good entry into the game and a good like family game and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, with that, do you want to go into me, me, me's? Yeah, sure. 
Awesome. Well, with this this uh, lockdown, uh, did you want to start uh, or did you want me to? You can go ahead. Okay. Gotcha. So um, I guess recently I've made my way through a couple of different books. Um, one of them, neither one of them would be things that would be appropriate, I don't think, for a book club mm-hmm. necessarily. But um, I went through Naomi Klein's uh, book, uh, The Shock Doctrine. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend it, uh, especially if you're interested in how um governments can be destabilized um, oh, wow. it's yeah. just kind of a yeah it's a it's a history of of uh starting in the i think 40s or 50s mm-hmm. uh, especially with like south america and then it moves to uh you know conflict areas in europe yeah uh, then it moves to the middle east and uh, with with uh the war in iraq um it's really interesting um, to see how some of these policies are played out and how they affect a, a global economy versus, mm. you know, a much more segmented economy like what you would have seen in the 50s or 60s in, in South America. Yeah. Especially with there being no internet. Yeah. <laughs> um, so people were doing things that they otherwise could not get away with. Um, and then I also finished uh, Hunter S. Thompson's The Great Shark Hunt. Um, oh, it is a, well, it's a collection cause he's a more of an essayist. Uh, like he's only written a couple of novels. Um, it's a collection of all of his writing from way back in the sixties, all the way up through the current time of when it was published in 1979. Hmm. Um, so it's stuff that kind of leaves out the like fear and loathing in Las Vegas stuff that he's more known for. Yeah, um, because that's the only book I've actually read of his is Fear and Loathing. Yeah, yeah. So, so like that book is really, really good. Sh- Great Shark Hunt is interesting if you're a Hunter Thompson fan and you want to see his other writings. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's some sports writing that he did when he was a journalist in the army in the fifties. Um, so. You know, like it, there's there's a wide right because and, and then there's uh, there's stories covering, um, you know, his friendship with Jimmy Carter uh, oh, and a reprint of Carter's Law Day speech that he gave at UGA that kind of made Thompson fall in love with Carter because it was him thumbing his nose at the, the uh, judicial and legislative establishment in Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but yeah, no, I, both of those are really good books. Um, they might be too depressing for the current times because I finished these a while ago, so yeah. before everything started going on. So you may want to stay away from those, but I do recommend reading them at some point if you have any interest in any of those oh, nice. those topics. Yeah. Um. How, how about you? So um, again, you know, just a lot of free time. So. I yeah. finished uh, Skyward, which was uh, Brandon Samerson's young adult book. Um, oh, I yeah. I previously talked about it on, a, um, I think, last episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, or maybe the one before. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I finished that. Um, it was very enjoyable. It's interesting to... So I've read a couple of his books. Um <sighs> And I've definitely gotten used to his, like, writing style. Um, And he definitely brings a lot of, I guess, similar writing styles. So it was interesting that I could, like, 
you know, pick out a few themes that he loves talking about. But nonetheless, I really enjoyed the book. Um, it, Wait, what themes does he focus on? Because I've only read the like, I, I only read the one that we did for the book club, and I've I've read a um, uh, one of one of his other like series, the beginning of one of his other series, and put him away. What what are these topics that he focuses on? Um, so it's without getting into because kind of getting into spoilers sure um it's just sort of like overarching themes of like humanity and um higher powers and sort of like the big theme here is defiance um like what do you determine is like a cowardless act or versus like being brave um how those definitions do definitely get like weird and blurred um but yeah so he writes a lot about like you know kind of the underdog beating this higher power sort of deal and um it's definitely a main theme in this particular uh book but it's got a different spin on it than all of his other previous books um i really do enjoy um i think he writes again fantastic worlds um, he's definitely a great uh, world builder, and um, I love the way that he writes combat. And this is a lot of like uh, starfighters, like uh, dogfighting and everything like that. So kind of like oh, right, this is sci-fi, yeah, right? Because I, I, I normally think of him as his as uh, fantasy. Yeah, but yeah, no, that's, yeah. So yeah. Um, I don't think this is the first sci-fi book that he's written maybe it is i'm not 100 percent sure but um this is the first book that i've read of his in the sci-fi genre and um i really enjoy it i really enjoy the way that he writes like aerial combat um it definitely reminds me of like the last starfighter uh that particular movie and everything oh cool um because again you know with this being a um a young adult or like a teens book um I guess it's kind of like in the uh, teen section of like Barnes and Noble. Right. Um, the characters are, you know, like 18 and stuff like that. So it definitely, they have like a younger persona over them. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was very enjoyable. I've moved on to the second book in the series. Um, what did they call it? Uh, Starsight. And um, I just started it. Um, I thought he said it was going to be a trilogy because he does write a lot of trilogies. Most of his Mistborn stuff was trilogies. Uh, but apparently this is going to be uh, four books. I was trying to think of the word quad, whatever. It's going to be four books long. Quadrilogy? Yeah. Yeah. Sure, we'll go with that. Yeah, <laughs> that but, sounds um, right. <laughs> I do think since it is a tr like it's a series, I don't think it would probably be best for us to go over it, especially since we've done a Brandon Samerson book. Um, the great thing about Warbreakers, the one that we went through, um, and if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely give it a listen to. Um, yeah. It's a standalone, which is really nice. Um, I do enjoy like series because like, it's always nice to revisit characters and stuff like that but like 
Some some standalone books are also nice too because you can put it down and then you can be done with that. Yeah. Though I hear chatter on the internet that he may be revisiting that particular world of Warbreakers, which would be interesting. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Because that, that seems like a story. Like, don't get me wrong. I would love to see more stuff coming out in that world because that's, mm-hmm. it's a really interesting magic system that he has set up. It's an interesting political system that he has set up. Yeah. Um, I would definitely like to play a game in that set in that world, like yeah. if it were adapted to a role playing system. But mm-hmm. that story seemed pretty zipped up. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to be the same characters. I think it's going to be like a time jump of like a hundred years or 200 years or something like that. Oh, gotcha. But again, okay. this is all just chatter on the internet. So yeah, you know, you know how fans be. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, it's definitely, if you enjoy Brandon Samerson, if you enjoy his writing, I think it's a good book to pick up. I would okay. recommend it. Well, yeah, I'll, as soon as I get through my, um, my backlog of books because my I'm, I'm sure my wife does not like that I accumulate so many books and, yeah. and go through them so slowly. Yeah. Um, I it definitely sounds like like one I would add to my um, my reading uh, selection. Cool. Um, yeah. So I have uh, let's see, a movie, two games, and an album. Okay. Where should I go next? Wherever your heart desires. Okay. All right. Uh, well, so. The, uh, I guess I'll go with the movie. The, uh, so I watched, um, Saved recently. Have you ever seen, no. seen that movie? No. Um, it, it came out in, geez, I want to say 02 or 03. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember seeing it in college and it was, it was on the, one of the, the free with prime selections on Amazon. Yeah. Um, it still holds up. I I still think it's a hilarious movie. It's uh basically oh, it's the um I actually have seen this one. It's the Jesus Camp, right? Uh yeah, well so it's it's a set in a Jesus school, yeah, uh, okay. not a camp. But yeah, it's American Eagle High School. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is really funny. Michael Stipe produced it and I think it was actually shot in Athens. Mm. Um but uh and I yeah, it's it's uh storyline is something that might be offensive to some people but uh basically the main character becomes pregnant because she uh has this this vision after hitting her head and falling in a pool and being saved from drowning Mm -hmm. that jesus tells her that she should sleep with her boyfriend uh so that he is not gay which you know that's not how any of that works Uh, and she ends up becoming pregnant in a really, really strict Christian school and uh, makes friends with the losers in the school who are other um, kind of rebels in the school or in the social structure of the school. Uh, and then, you know, it, it's what I would call, I guess, a dramedy because mm-hmm. um, it is a more serious movie and the thing or maybe a black comedy. Um, or yeah, dark comedy. I would think it's dark. Comedy. You're laughing at things that are funny but they're kind of they shouldn't be funny yeah Yeah. (laughs) but uh yeah no i i really recommend it um i i think it's hilarious but you know your mileage may vary with with some of the jokes depending on your your own personal 
Yeah, I mean, I remember yeah. watching it. Um, I don't really remember much of it. I think. Yeah. When did it come? You out? may have seen. Uh, it, came it came out, out a while ago, right? Yeah, it came out in 02 or oh three. Um, yeah. you may have seen it when we were living together because I know I had a copy of it on DVD at one point. Maybe. But... Yeah. Yeah. That could have been a possibility. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that 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 was the uh, movie. Did oh. you have? Uh, yeah. So your... I mean, I've been um playing games. Um, again, you know, um, been trying to be social, and I find like playing games with people is a good way when you can't like see them and stuff like that. Yeah. Just to be social, um, because I don't know. I'm not sure if it's the same with you or with other people, but like. I really don't pick up the phone and talk to friends that way. Yeah, I'm the same way. I like it has to be a pretty dire, like, urgent question if I pick up the phone and call someone. <laughs> yeah, to sort of be like, oh, um, you know, I've broken my leg or something like that. Um, so I've actually been getting back into Overwatch, um, which is a blizzards game it's pretty popular i'm sure most people know oh have you now. lifted lifted your blizzard ban no they... i haven't i haven't spent money on it because it's a free okay to play well it's not free to play but i purchased it a long time ago a long time gotcha out. gotcha um really now you know you can buy loot boxes or skins and stuff like that but i really don't care about that and yeah it's, it's kind of <laughs> crazy because it's like it's a first-person shooter, so you're never going to see the skins. Yeah. You only really see the skins when, like, you have play of the game or during, like, the victory screen if you want. But it's been nice because, I don't know, um, and it's not even really, like, playing the game. I mean, playing the game has been nice because it's a first-person shooter. Um, it's not, like, a, I guess, super technical first-person shooter. It's not like your Modern Warfare or your Call of Duty or something like that. It's definitely a little bit, I don't want to say easier, but a little bit more... Um, more forgiving? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, the thing is, like, it's just that social interaction. Because when I play with my friends, we're on the same voice channel. We have a Discord channel and everything like that. So we can kind of just shoot the shit and talk about, like, the everyday life sort of thing. Where, like, I don't think I would really just, like, call up somebody to, you know, just talk. Or, you yeah. know, like, you know, chit-chat. But when you're playing a game, you have that, like, game that sort of fills that, I guess, void. And then you can just sort of talk as you're playing. And you can even talk about the game and the strategy and stuff like that because... Overwatch is a team game, so you definitely need to, like, communicate with your team and coordinate, and usually there's objectives that you need to go. We've been playing a lot of ranked games just because we've gone, like, six people. Um, that's, you know, a team is based off of six folks, and um, we've been uh, doing pretty well. We've been uh, getting up there in the ranks and everything like that, so it's just been a lot of fun. Um you know, the game's been fun, but it's been more of that, like, social interaction with my friends while playing this game. Like, you could really insert any game into, you know, that 
it doesn't have to be Overwatch. It could be like, you know, other games. And it's just fun being social with them. So, yeah. Yeah. So I've been doing that. We've been doing pretty well. Like I said, we've been playing rank. We've been um, getting up there in the oh, um, nice. higher tiers and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, my, I guess, mains, if people are interested, are Zenyatta and Zarya. So I usually play healers and tanks. Um, oh, okay. Occasionally Reinhardt. Um, but yeah, I, I've been doing pretty good. So it's been a lot of fun. Well, cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, well, yeah, as, as far as the games I've, I've played, did you ever play Shaq Fu? Uh, yeah, it wasn't the best. I'm not a big fan of, like, brawlers, beat-em-ups. Well, so... Oh, so you're talking about the new one, then, because the old one was a fighting game. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I played the uh, the new one, which is a beat-em-up. Yeah. Um, which I like. I've, I've said before, I really like beat-em-ups. I, I think that they're, they're just mindless fun, where you can have fun uh, sitting on the couch with someone and mowing your way through some some just random dudes trying to swing a baseball bat at you um it's i will recommend it as long as you're not looking for something that that takes a whole lot of strategy or brain power to do because like it it maybe took me three hours to beat it um it's only six levels Mm-hmm. Uh, if you do the physical disc, you get uh, a copy of a mini game called Barak Fu. Uh, oh yeah, I've seen somebody play through that. It seems yeah, like it's only two levels. Like, yeah, a lot of references. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of references and a lot of hey, look how ridiculous this is. Or mm-hmm. wouldn't it be funny if the president were a hard-boiled detective and he was uh, trying to stop Kanye West from doing something? Yeah uh <laughs> like it's it's bizarre and surreal in in the ways that i like mm-hmm. um i guess uh it's it's a good funny game it's a good time waster uh, if you have three or four hours to kill um but i also played my way through marvel versus capcom infinite oh okay um that's a, a fighting game yes that one is a fighting game um do you like marvel versus capcom yeah, yeah, I thought it was yeah. pretty good. Um, I mean, I played Marvel vs. Capcom on the Dreamcast. Um, I guess the original was that one? two or three? It was the original one. Oh, it was the original one Dreamcast? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't think I ever played the other one. Well, I think I might have played two. Um, but yeah, it's one of those hyper fighter uh, fighting games and stuff. Yeah, like it's very quick. Mm-hmm. Um. You can tag in and out with with a separate character, and you can mix and match um, in the the co op. Yeah, uh, my my wife and I played some some co op and some verses. Cool. Um, Did you play online or? No, you can. It's it's couch co op. Yeah, but did you play online against other people or? Were you oh, oh, I see what you're playing? saying. Yeah, in co op. Yes, yes. So, um, there are many people who are very much better than I am. <laughs> i will say that uh okay. there are because i tend to gravitate towards these like big burly bruiser type mm-hmm. type characters and the biggest one in this game is not thanos as you would expect but it's um uh nemesis from resident evil oh 3. yeah yeah um he is an absolute monster like 
I, I figuratively and literally. Yeah. But he <laughs> um he can't really take a hit. <laughs> um, yeah. Which Does is kind of armor? his Achilles heel. I'm sorry. Does he have armor? So when his moves are happening, does he have like? Um, um I'm not good enough to tell. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, just because everyone is able to move so much more adeptly than I am, um, I I can't really tell if he's blocked by doing any moves. Okay. Um. But but yeah, I I recommend it. It's fun. It's got an interesting storyline. Um. Uh, yeah, like I haven't even. I don't even know about the storyline. Well, so the storyline in this one is that um, the the worlds are being merged together, mm-hmm. uh, which is causing all sorts of ha- havoc. Yeah. Um, and the Avengers and oh, Marvel characters are teaming up with uh, Capcom heroes and villains to kind of keep that from happening. There are some really weird additions to this too, though. Like uh, you can play as Frank West from dead (laughs) rising and he's just a photographer. Like his, his like scummy moves are like bringing a grocery cart out of nowhere and just slamming it full. Like it's a grocery cart full of like zombie parts and and shopping items and just slamming it into someone but like he's not like a super powered fighter or anything yeah (laughs) like it's just a really weird choice (laughs) but again it's it it it's i i know we haven't done a nerd fight in a while um but it scratches that itch for like weird mashups yeah (laughs) that i have um what's your wife um she also likes the the big bruisers so like usually oh. nemesis um, so you guys just have a team of just heavy hitters yeah like usually she'll she'll do nemesis um i know i i'll when i'm not doing nemesis i tend to gravitate toward rocket raccoon because yep. he's very quick mm-hmm. <laughs> um, again he can't really take a hit but he he's very quick and very small so <laughs> he protect mm-hmm. he attack um but but yeah that that game was um honestly much more fun than shack fu (laughs) yeah i can imagine um i mean i always enjoyed it playing it on the um uh dreamcast and everything like that uh it didn't have as large of a roster i know so you guys were playing the third one which has a decent roster i know Uh, well no we were playing we were playing um infinite infinite yeah um, yeah which i think is technically the third one or is it uh, i think it's the fourth okay um Let i know see. that the second one had the largest like roster where it was sort of like a, a bit of a dome but i remember marvel versus capcom the original game i think there was like about 12 characters but uh, oh wow that's not very many at all yeah uh, my main was usually uh, Morgan from Darkstalkers. She was a uh, she was pretty good, but yeah, um, yeah. This one has let's see. There's 19 Marvel characters and uh, 18 Capcom characters. Oh, okay, so that's a pretty significant size roster. I I guess it's it it doesn't feel as big as that in my head because I I tend to overlook people like. 
Chun-Li and Ryu because I, I don't really associate them with Marvel versus Capcom for some reason. <laughs> mm-hmm. hmm. uh, yeah, but but uh, yeah, Morgan is not. Uh, no, no, yeah, no, no, she is. Morgan's part um, of it. Yeah, she's yeah, been Morgan a part is, of it is for... on the roster. I think um, she's been in the roster ever since the first game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's she's back. Um, I think her Ryu, um, Iron Man. I believe Iron Man's been in most of them. Yeah, yeah. So the new ones for this this iteration are on the Marvel side. It was Black Panther, Black Widow, Captain Marvel, Gamora, Ultron, oh, okay. and Winter Soldier. So this was kind of like a marketing thing too <laughs> yeah i mean that's how they had to have done it to get it out just because of the way marvel yeah. operates now uh capcom the new characters though were uh oh apparently frank west has been um yeah. in a cat in a mvc yeah. before but uh the new ones were Jetta from dark stalkers. is it dark siders dark stalkers mm-hmm. uh Jetta uh x um from yeah oh, uh, you know mega, mega man, man. Yep um sigma mm-hmm. which sigma is i think just part of mega man yeah um and then a monster hunter just a generic ass oh. monster hunter they must have um <laughs> yeah they must have uh, inserted him recently yeah well they they use the uh the female one. Oh, okay nice yeah she's yeah. just got the weird armor and then the giant like bone sword thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i um i know that the monster hunter movie's coming up soon which is interesting you know they're making a monster hunter movie right i do and uh because i don't play that game um yeah. i'm all about that because i love mila jovovich and i yeah. love the resident evil movies yeah, so, <laughs> so uh, i'm fine with it i've um, played monster hunter a little bit um, I played it on the 3DS, which was ridiculously hard because that game should not be on a con- or a handheld. It should be on yeah. a console. And then I tried playing a Monster Hunter World on the PC, and like, I don't know, it just it wasn't my jam. Like, there are some people who's you know who really enjoy that kind of game, that grind. Yeah. I just, I've really fallen out of the whole, like, RPG sort of grind deal. I mean, it's kind of funny I say it now, but, like, I just didn't have the time to sort of do that daily grind. Yeah, I mean, it it seems like a game that was tailor-built for teenagers or... Uh, professional streamers because it just the I level of dedication teenagers. it because the funny thing is like it doesn't really explain how to play the game um there's a lot of like hidden like factors and stats that you have to kind of like research yourself so it's very um unforgiving i think it's more of like the pro gamers who really enjoy like and again, I'm just kind of generalizing here, but like yeah. the people who enjoy playing like Dark Souls and stuff like that, the hardcore gamers. But there are it is a like a time sink where you do a lot of the same um, missions because you know you're 
taking down this big animal and or dinosaur or whatever and um you get parts off of it but the parts drop randomly so it's kind of like in an rpg or in an mmo rpg where you do those raids and the boss may drop the hat that you need yeah may not and if they don't drop it then you have to redo it again and it's the same with this game where like oh that's just you might need the yeah like you need a scale to make this cool armor and like the monster has a 10% chance of dropping that scale. So ah. you're doing this a bunch of times until that scale drops. And that's just not the life for me. Yeah, no, that that's not a mechanic that I really appreciate in any game when they, they make you just grind for it. And it's like, yeah, there's a 10% chance it'll happen. And it's like, well, I've done this 10 times and it hasn't happened. So that's... <laughs> yeah, I'm just unlucky. Great that's okay <laughs> you're lying to me about your averages then <laughs> well no some people just get unlucky yeah um yeah no i i um had a copy of i think monster hunter 3 on the wii u oh was it on the wii u yeah it was on the wii u it wasn't very good um you had a wii u yeah i had a wii u oh i didn't know that yeah i um because i i got rid of the wii for it um and the reason we got it is uh my brother was off of a break from college i think like maybe during the summer and he came and stayed with us for like a week or so um and man he has retained his reflexes much better than i with uh with mario kart that's all i can say because um mario kart is pretty much what we did while he was here (laughs) i mean yeah it's a solid game it's a reason why they keep on making it because it sells and people enjoy it oh yeah yeah i mean i i have tons of good memories with mario kart yeah that's yeah, I'm going to add this to the show notes because we've spent a while talking about Monster Hunter and Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go for it. I mean, um, that's pretty much it for me. I'm going to save some other stuff for the next episode and whatnot. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Well, yeah, then I'll close out with um, I picked up a copy of Ozzy Osbourne's newest album called Ordinary Man. Oh, yeah. Um, that album is awesome. <laughs> Good. Good to hear that. The, uh, yeah, I mean, I would say if you're going to buy it digitally, um, you can just skip over the tracks that he did with like Post Malone because I just, for whatever reason, I cannot stand listening to Post Malone. Um, but everything else on this album is great. So that's still 10 tracks uh, nice. that are just, you know, what what is the in in thing to say bangers it oh, slaps um, i guess it, i don't know i'm yeah, out it of slaps. touch it slaps it slaps yeah, yeah scary little green men the uh the first single off of it really slaps then yeah yeah <laughs> i think slap is the thing or it banger it's a banger it's, it's a, a banger. banger i don't know. it's a banger i i, I don't know Either uh, i'm probably good. i'm i'm too old to keep up and too old to care um there you go so <laughs> Um, with that, uh, I guess, since you, you said you were saving some stuff for later. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, well, so, let's see, current book club book is, uh, Little Prince. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you can see us on Facebook. Or you can see us on Patreon. Uh, both of those will be in the show notes, and I will post this. Yeah. Um, all of the con- I still need to update the Facebook page because About all the of the con- yeah the yeah. conventions we were supposed to cover. Um, obviously, Atlanticon uh, is um, rescheduling for next year, yeah. uh, and as is two two one B Con, which is unfortunate because both of those had put out their schedules, and yeah. it looks like a really really good looks- year. It looked like um, a really great year. And I mean, you know, 221 Beacon was our first con, and it has like a special place in my heart. Oh, absolutely. So it definitely sucks that um, that they have to do this, but like, I totally understand. Like, you know, yeah, it's got to be res- safe. You, it's a responsibility, yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, the um, the, the con chair for Atlanticon was, was very clear before they decided to cancel of look, these are the ways that we are, because she um, is a health professional. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like, look, th- these are the steps we're going to take to mitigate the risk. We're budgeting in an extra, I think 15 or 20 minutes uh, between panels so that they could have volunteers go in with sanitizer and wipe down everything. Yeah. Um, they were, instead of doing a lanyard around your neck, uh, they were going to use the the bracelets oh, that's that, cool. that are scanned so yeah. you can wash them when you wash your hands. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they were taking steps even before it was Yeah, you know, but the canceled. thing is, you can't police everybody. That's oh, yeah, no, exactly. Like one bad, you know, apple ruins the whole entire bunch. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. It's just... You don't want to think that there are people out there like that who are, you know, who don't take in consideration other people's um, situation. But on the other hand, we live in America where like 90% of people act that way. I wouldn't say 90%. Oh, not 90, not 90. I'm I joking. Would more say like 10%. Yeah, I, but I think, but you're right. They they ruin it for, for everyone when they just ignore guidelines. Yeah. yeah. So, you know... I know it sucks. It it definitely sucks for me because I know I'm a, a more of a social person, but again, there are a lot of things that you can do to sort of fill that social void. Um, like I was saying in this whole episode, you know, go and do online gaming, like reach out to your friends and try to do like video chats and play games with stuff. There are a lot yeah. of... Um, resources out there a lot of resources that have become like free yeah there's a a, um there's one that i'm considering using soon called astral tabletop that's kind of an alternative to roll 20 because i've i've tried using roll 20 and i cannot for the life of me understand how it works yeah but astral tabletop has a pro and hobby mode Mm -hmm. um and during the length of this pandemic they're they're unlocking the pro mode for everyone to use which is awesome so and a lot of like you know companies are doing that where they're unlocking certain things that allow you to be like digitally social with people so yeah you know i mean digitally social stay at home um yeah this very service that we're using i wouldn't have thought to use it otherwise but they they made their pro version free yeah um so that's which is why we're using it currently (laughs) yeah you you said the software, right? Zencaster? Yeah, Zen- Zencaster. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and it's awesome. You know, I'm glad that people are, you know, being proactive. 
but definitely stay at home make sure that you're safe make sure you know when you do go out that you need to like get supplies and stuff and be courteous to other people like if you see yeah. you know an older folk maybe help them out if they need help or stay away from them if you know give them the six feet of space if you're like at a grocery store and you're out there like picking up some supplies just yeah try to be courteous let maybe let them cut in front of you in the line if there's a long line or something along those lines yeah. just you know think about well i know a own. lot of stores have opened up um yeah and are only senior. allowing senior citizens or immunocompromised people the first like first, hour or so yeah. yeah which is awesome it's definitely awesome so i'm, I'm yeah. happy to see that you know people are taking these steps yeah. and um biggest also thing stop is just... stop hoarding toilet paper you you will not ship more uh, <laughs> during during a quarantine yeah 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 <laughs> so uh with that i guess we can sign off and um yeah we'll see you guys later yeah again be safe be healthy treat your fellow human like you would like to be treated yourself mm -hmm. exactly all right all right be uh stay golden see bye